0: My father was born country, in the sand hills and saw Palmetto range of South Orange County. That's Orlando. His future looked to be cattle and citrus groves, which are certainly honorable and good careers. But my grandmother had other designs for him, for she knew she had a smart one on her hands who could do little more. Martha Ray herself, with only a ninth grade education, was not about to see her only son, who always scored at the top of the class, having few choices. So she set out to be sure that he had a mentor for him, a fourth grade teacher she came to know well, Miss McIntyre, who helped guide him in the ways of education. Dad did well in school and was accepted to the University of Florida to study agricultural chemistry. He spent a summer between freshman and sophomore year studying Florida soils with one of his professors. They drove all over central Florida conducting surveys matching soil types to the growing requirements of different crops. This was all very edifying for my curious father, especially since he had spent his youth working the land and had planned on a career helping folks grow plants and raise animals. One day, Dad recalled to me a noteworthy fact he learned about soils that summer. That remarkably, one could map where native peoples had planted crops during the last half of a millennium or so based on nitrogen levels and the depth of the humus or organic matter and the ground coverages found in the area. But most sandy Florida soils need enhancement because they lack adequate nitrogen to grow anything halfway nutritious. It seems logical from our vantage point today because we can easily document where humans leave their marks. But in the 1950s, visiting these sites up close must have opened up a new or rather old way of thinking for my father. The native peoples knew the techniques to improve soil even the poor sandy soils of Florida. Modern farming has stripped out most of our soil's nutrition that they once had, and now soil nutrients are provided by industrial fertilizers. Recently, scientists have learned that the microbial portion of soils that modern farming destroys is rather efficient in capturing atmospheric carbon. Harnessing the power of organics in properly built soils, atmospheric CO2 levels may be brought down significantly, helping to turn back the damage we have done to our air since the start of the Industrial Revolution. This information gleaned from natural farming or organic farming could change our world. Imagine soils of North America returned to healthy organic fixtures that not only feed people, but help us in the global challenge of reducing atmospheric carbon. It's a sin against creation reversed. And to build up soils properly, you need animal manure and time, just like the poor fruitless fig tree in Jesus' parable. This parable is told in response to the discussion of sin and judgment in Judea. The people near Jesus want to know if the Galileans, who were struck down by Pilate, no less, were especially sinful, having suffered a cruel death. Is this the work of God? Jesus is clear in his answer, no. But unless you repent, that is, turn from your wrongdoing and turn back to God. Amend your life. You will perish as well. We don't understand why certain catastrophes happen, why the Tower of Siloam fell as it, when it did and killed the Jerusalemites. We can't always explain tragedies when we are hurt or those we love who are hurt or lost. And Jesus is not answering those questions that we followers are apt to ask. But he is telling us that disaster and judgment are not synonymous. The prevailing thought for the time, and even for some people today, is that tragedy is one, one's life, That tragedy in one's life is God's judgment. And Jesus rejects the idea that those who suffer calamities are marked by God. He's clear. Again, he says no. However, Jesus says that we are to prepare ourselves for judgment. We are to change our lives from sinful desires that keep us from God. In the parable of the fig tree, we see that through God's mercy, judgment is delayed. We still have time to turn back and increase our readiness for Him. And that is what Jesus says there will be judgment. Our world doesn't want to think of judgment too often, but it is real. And God's judgment is always near. It can suddenly happen with no time to repent. And like the gardener to the vineyard owner, God's mercy allows us time and proper feeding to bear fruit in our lives according to his will. There is still time, and the time is now to amend what feeds us in Christ and to prune away the things that harm us. Lent is our yearly intentional time to take stock and prepare ourselves for Jesus. By keeping our lamps fueled and the wicks trimmed, we are to be ready. The fig tree is a common symbol of life and fruitfulness in the Middle East and the Mediterranean world. Fig trees were planted in vineyards to anchor grapevines and to provide shade in the heat of the day and to help cool the temperatures of the soil. The parable is a compelling symbol for our times as we think about our natural world. And like my father's experience in the wilds of Central Florida, learning about the intricate properties of soil and the care that's needed to grow healthy things, we also can be thoughtful and curious about our world. Creation care is real. We live in a natural world and our responsibility to care for it and the creatures which live in it. I'm inspired daily by the natural world that I'm enveloped in. This week I noticed the fresh green leaves budding out on the native oak trees where I live. The gold, pink, and silver trumpet trees are now blooming, and soon the royal poncianas will leaf out and turn their brilliant orange. As a Lenten exercise, we can take time to be curious about creation and wonder why or how for a moment when we see something we've never seen or noticed before. I wonder how did those mangrove seedlings get to the rocks next to our dock by the waterfront room. I wonder why the sunset is more colorful tonight than last. Are the little vireos I see year rounders in Naples or are they migrating back up north for the summer? Lenten curiosity can lead us down important spiritual paths. The Holy Spirit might inspire us to find a cause to pursue or a new ministry to explore in our life in Christ. It just might lead to other possibilities for ourselves and others in our life in Christ. God's mercy is freely ours and abundant beyond our understanding. Abundant mercy gives us the freedom to search for what we might want to change or enhance in our lives and in our larger community so that we might bear the spiritual fruit God desires for us in his creation.